Hello, and welcome to Judge a Book by Its Cover, a Little City Library podcast where the name of the podcast is almost longer than the books we discuss. I'm Bellette. And I'm Pete. We're librarians at the Mary Riley Styles Public Library in the city of Falls Church. This is our book review podcast where we do exactly what they told you never to do in school, judge books by their covers. Then we actually read them and see how close we got and do a brief book discussion. We're going to start off by giving you our predictions based on the cover of today's book, The Kingdom of This World by Alejo Carpentier. And we have attached an image of the cover so you can see it and judge right along with us. Pete, you want to start off by giving us your judgment? Sure. Well, it's a drawing of a swan flapping its wings in a pool of water sitting inside of an open mouth. The image coupled with the title makes me think of the famous painting by the Flemish painter uh, Hieronymus Bosch. I hadn't thought the of that. Garden of Earthly Delights. And so this made me think of people maybe doing things not in their best interest, sort of overindulging and ending up in a bad place where everybody does what they want to do, but it's really maybe not so good for you. So I thought about people making bad decisions, maybe overindulging. I think you probably beat me out this week on your on your prediction, because <laughs> that's, I think, real close to what we're dealing with in this book. I saw the white backdrop, the big, old, open human mouth with a swan bursting out of a nest of flame. It was drawn with very sketchy lines, and this bright red color is around the lips, and it ombre is kind of into the heart of the swan, fading from a bright red into an orange and then a yellow at the heart of the swan. With this in mind, I decided to go with symbolism. In the swan, I saw beauty, in the mouth speaking out, the flame is consequence, and the golden chest of the swan I interpreted as a heart of gold. If we string it all together, we've got a beautiful person speaks out because their heart of gold compels them to, but that action has consequences more focused on a fairy tale than the reality that we're served here, because this book is historical fiction. And maybe some of that applies, but it's not necessarily a heartwarming tale. It's harsh. Certainly not. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to tell us what this book is actually about then? Sure. The setting of the book is Haiti in the early 19th century during the run-up to the revolution. And it follows T. Noel, who is a slave, and his master, Monsieur Lenormand de Mézy. But generally, I would say T. Noel is the main character. It sort of follows him over the course of his life during the run-up to the revolution and takes place on Demezi's plantation and the surrounding countryside. And it is a really powerful, eventful, and bloody novel, I would say, to put it succinctly. Yeah, you're definitely right there. And it takes place pretty much over the course of Ted Noel's life. So it's a short book, but a lot is going on. And we do kind of jump around occasionally from person to person. One of the characters who really stuck out to me was Mackendall, the Mendingo. He's charismatic. He's a good speaker. He's a storyteller. Pretty much from the beginning, you could tell that he is going to be the spark of change. And he pretty much is, at least in the beginning. But it was really interesting for me to watch him go from a man to this myth. And they start calling him the Mandingo, or they call him the one-armed man, and slowly he evolves into something that is so much larger than life. Right. He is an escaped slave who is also a sort of priest, a voodoo priest Mm -hmm. with great powers, and he sort of rallies the slaves to revolt. And the way that starts actually segues into one of my favorite quotes from this story, which happens pretty early on, so I don't think I'm giving anything away. 
I think it's hard to give anything away in this book because so much happens and so many things feel unrelated even though they are related. And these are all actual, well, not all, but but most of what happens here has a basis in history. That's and true, so yeah. this this particular event which is documented has to do with Mackendall poisoning the livestock of the surrounding plantations. The fact was that cows, oxen, calves, horses, and sheep burst open by the hundreds, covering the region with the ubiquitous stench of carrion. At dusk, great fires were lit that gave off a base, greasy smell before dying out over mounds of bovine skulls, carbonized rib cages, and hooves reddened by the flames. Large black birds with bald heads waited on the roofs for the moment when they could let themselves drop and break through the distended hides with their beaks releasing even more of the pestilence. It's such a great quote because one, it really depicts how visually descriptive this book is. The writing is very dense and it, it's very heavy, but there's a reason for everything that's said. On top of that, it also points to this thread of violence that is this undercurrent to everything happening in the book. Yeah, the bursting the of the bellies. Yeah. yeah. So, and this is as a result, uh, again, of Mackendall's poison. I agree with what you said, Bolette. There's never a dull moment in this novel in the lead up to the revolution, obviously during the revolution, but even after the revolution, it doesn't calm down. The chapters are only three or four pages each, but yeah. they are indeed really dense. They are. One of my favorite quotes from this book, and I don't think I'm giving anything away with this, because as we mentioned, this book is dark in tone and theme, but my favorite quote kind of bleeds into if I recommend it or not. Man never knows for whom he suffers and waits. He suffers and waits and works for people he'll never know, and who likewise will suffer and wait and work for others who won't be happy either, since man always longs for a happiness that lies just beyond that which is given to him. Wow. I mean, that's the book to me. Does that make you want to keep striving or does that make you just want to give up? It's somewhere in between, which is very human, I think. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, what am I going to do? There's no choice. But also, it is kind of pointless. You're working for someone else who will be working for someone else who will be working for... I mean, it just goes on and on. It does bring a sense of humanity to everything we do because it shows we all are connected, which I do think the book does say, even though a lot of what happens in it is very dark. I too would recommend the book. I think I'm actually going to read it again. It's a very yeah. richly written, and I also learned a lot about the Haitian Revolution and the first leaders of Haiti. And I think now that I've you know gone and done a little bit of research, I'd like to read it again to sort of just bask in the in the language yeah. of the novella. Language is just great, and it does help if you have a little bit of background or knowledge of what happened in Haiti at this time. It wasn't pretty. It's not a light novel. So, Bolette, how did you think you did with your <laughs> cover judgment I would the heart of gold here <laughs> the heart of gold I don't see the heart of gold unfortunately maybe it's in hope for the future even though everything in the past has been so terrible I don't know I was looking more at the cover as a fairy tale but this isn't a fairy tale this is real life and real life can be hard and dark and cruel I think you definitely got a lot closer this week I did I, I did but before we go to mine I just want to say I think that T Noel does have a little bit of a heart of gold he's not yeah he, he, I guess so yeah he is a uh, positive character and an interesting one to follow. And he doesn't leave the people to fend for themselves. He may think about it, but he doesn't abandon them. He doesn't yeah. leave them behind. And I think that he has an optimistic view of humanity, which unfortunately may be misplaced. So yeah, I, I do think that I was fairly 
close with the Garden of Earthly Delight. Take a look at that in your web browser or in one of the art books in our library here. It's a huge painting. I think it's a triptych mm -hmm. of all these people and animals and weird sort of surreal images, kind of like a nightmare image of people doing human things which are natural, but then sort of unnatural as well. And there's a lot of violence, kind of grotesque beauty, which I think is fairly applicable to this novella. I'd say really applicable. You hit it pretty much on the head, I think, with that description. <laughs> Well, thanks for joining us for Judge a Book by its cover. Now it's time to dig into trivia. Last week's question was related to You Should Have Left by Daniel Kelman. We asked a fairly lengthy question related to physics, and the answer, surprisingly enough, was string theory. Our lucky and knowledgeable winner was Jess Sabo, who commented correctly first. And again, if you are the first to respond in the comments, you get a free book at our next book sale. Or if you've got fines on your library account, you can opt to have us waive them for you as your prize, as long as you've returned the books no matter the fine amount. Without further ado, what is our trivia question, Pete? All right, this month's trivia question. According to legend, what kind of creature did Makandal, the leader of the slave revolt described in the novel, turn into to escape burning at the stake at the hands of the French? post your answer in the comments. The first to do so wins a prize, as we mentioned before, but we'll also give a shout out to anyone who answers in our next episode. Before we tune out, we want to give special thanks to the band Zombie Zombie for giving us permission to use their song Psychic Harmonia 2 in our intro and outro. You'll hear that catchy tune in just a moment, but for now, thanks for joining us for Judge a Book by Its Cover, a Little City Library podcast. I'm Pete. And I'm Bellette. Don't forget to join us next month when we judge Mrs. Caliban by Rachel Ingalls. And for what it's worth, you have our permission to keep on judging. Mm -hmm.